This is Marketing Trends, your number one source for exclusive interviews with chief marketing officers and executive marketing leaders in the Fortune 1000 and beyond. This is Jeremy Bergeron, and I interview, collaborate, and partner with world-class CMOs and marketing leaders across industries. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Marketing Trends. We are here. We're in the studio, the virtual studio. We have an incredible guest. This is your host, as always, Jeremy Bergeron. And I am super excited about who we have in our midst today. Today, I'm here. It's real. It's real, everybody. I'm here with Bill Beck. Bill Beck is the Chief Marketing Officer for Elevance Health. If you don't know Elevance Health, you might know of a company called Anthem. They were previously called Anthem, now Elevance Health. And just to give you an idea of kind of size and scope of this amazing organization, Elevance, you know, revenue for the 12 months ending, I think 2023 was like $165 billion, up like 11% year over year. Elevance, you know, the revenue's growing. This, this brand is doing amazing things. We're going to talk about all that today with Bill. But Bill, thank you so much for being here. This is such an exceptional time for us. Oh, well, thank you, Jeremy. It is an honor to be here with you. Uh, you know, I've been an avid listener of your your podcast over the past year or so. And I was telling my kids this morning, hey, I'm doing a podcast. And they both looked at me at breakfast going, dad, don't mess this one up. Um, <laughs> and I said, don't worry, I'll try to make you proud on this one. But it really is great for to be on this podcast with you and to talk about Elevance Health and all the work we've been doing to take care of our members and really transform the company over the past couple of years. You know, as you'd mentioned, we were Anthem prior, uh, and oh, I'm sure we'll get into kind of the name transition. But when we think about ourselves as a company and what we do every day, it really is about taking care of our members, and making sure they're living their healthiest lives. And so we have the privilege to work with, you know, 118 million people. Through our diversified product portfolio, uh, whether that's insurance, our medical products, our digital, our pharmacy, so it's a it's a fantastic opportunity to really help people live the lives they want and get access to care, which is uh, which is an awesome job to have. In the meantime, I also get to lead a fantastic marketing team, and that includes our brand marketing, our public relations and corporate communications, focusing on our consumer effort, building brands, making sure we're driving growth, selling our products and services. I love it. You haven't done a podcast in a while, right? It's been a, a couple years, I think, at least, right? Yes. Yes, it has. I think the last time I did one was when I was at Whirlpool uh, and we were okay. putting washing machines in schools and really having an impact on what clean clothes could do to help uh, actually help with truancy. So it was a wow. fantastic initiative. Um, but you're right. I, I like to make sure we've got great things to talk about. And uh, so we've got some great things today to talk about what we're doing. And when this opportunity came up, I said, let's do it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, and, and look, we, we've we had a handful of folks that, you know, I, I describe it as kind of coming out from behind the curtain of, I mean, there's a lot of work being done from a, from a chief marketing officer perspective, certainly at a company as, as, as large as Elevance Health. And so there are a lot of CMOs out there who kind of make the circuit and they go on a lot of shows and they do a lot of talking and that's great. And it's not a knock against them. I find it interesting when a CMO kind of comes up from, it's been a year or two where they're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I've been back here, by the way, driving growth and driving, you know, significant transformation and a huge brand. So it just, it's a testament to kind of you actually rolling your sleeves up and doing the work. And also you mentioned your team, which 
with undoubtedly like the team that's supporting this this vision and mission at Elevant Self has got to be incredible. I mean, that growth is ridiculous. And I, I want to get into the to the rebrand because I think that's been the biggest thing is a lot of people were like, Elevant Health, what is that? Right. There's been some time since the rebrands happened. Mm-hmm. But but Elevant Health has undergone this this transformation, right? Um, can you get into some of the specific objectives behind the rebrand and how does this rebrand position Elevance Health in this new way in this highly, highly competitive market? Yeah, Jeremy, it's a it's a great question and, and one I get all the time and love talking about. You know, as you'd mentioned, we've been on a transformation as a company. And probably if you look back over the past 10 years, it's really when we started to do this pivot. You know, we, we're a company that's well over 75 years old. We've started with local insurance plans. You know, most people know our plans as Blue Cross Blue Shield or Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield. And over the course of that time, we've really we've grown into this organization that has been truly focused on not just paying someone's uh, medical bills or providing access to care, but really helping people manage their health. And this transformation that we've gone as a as a company, and I really like to think about it as a whole health. Because at the end of the day, helping people live their best lives is really about making sure that we're not just managing their physical health. You know, there's a saying out there, 80% of your health is impacted from what's outside your doctor's office. And so you think about that responsibility that we have as a health organization, think about your physical, your behavioral, you know, social factors, what's driving your health each day. It really has an opportunity for us as a company to transform and focus on that. And so, as I said about, you know, probably five, 10 years in making, we've been pivoting to this health organization. Yes, we still sell insurance, but now we have our health services business, which is called Carillon, which we rebranded, and we introduced Elevance Health, that allows us to offer products and services to our members, to our providers, to you know uh, companies that are buying our health plans, look how we can help manage someone's total health. And so that really was the pivot. It was a strategic pivot as a company and then you go in and say, okay, are we getting credit for that? And I think in, when you take a look at what Anthem stood for, and it's a great brand, it's we still use it today, it's very much about insurance. And we want to make sure that we're getting credit for being a whole health organization. And so that was kind of the beginning of our discussions of, you know, is it time for us to think about a rebrand to allow us to really get credit for what we've been doing and also drive the conversation we're having here today of who is Elevance Health? It's a great opportunity to have that discussion. Yeah, and and look, and we're not talking about you know changing the name and the logo of a small, bit medium-sized business here. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a massive ship that's you know had this this anthem flag that most people know of that flag, and a rebrand is a big deal. It's a big deal for an executive team and the people supporting that team. And you know, sometimes it don't always go well, and and sometimes there's reorgs that happen shortly after, right? And things shift, and so. Kind of talk us into that, the beginnings of when that, you know, the rebrand came across your desk or when mm-hmm. you started kind of engaging around that. What was your thought process there? What are some of the, the early moves you're making as a CMO, getting ready to roll your sleeves up and do something as big as this rebrand into Elevance Health? Yeah, another great question. I joke around, you, this is definitely something you don't do lightly and you don't do it on a whim, right? It's about tying it into the strategy of the company. And go back probably three or four years ago, and it's probably at the beginning of the pandemic where we were having conversations about our strategy and where we're going. And I remember I was at a meeting and we were talking about us and the Anthem name and from an insurance perspective. And we floated the idea of, hey, is it time for us to take a step back and see, should we be known as something else? And that 
question is what really drove the research work to be able to say, okay, what do people see us in the marketplace as, you know, talking to all of our different stakeholders from um, members, providers, the investors, helping them understand, okay, who are we and do they see that? So with that, tying back to the strategy that we just talked about a, a moment ago, we went along and um, you know, got buy-in from the senior team and ultimately also had to get buy-in from our board. Uh, and introducing that strategy then started us down a journey. And uh, the fun part about that journey is, yes, getting the strategy approved was a lot of work. I would say to your point, changing a company, 100,000 associates, a large organization to transform that's really you're really rolling up the sleeves. And the first thing we needed to do is figure out what would our new name be. You know, I joke around every name in the dictionary is pretty much trademarked. So, <laughs> you know, we would meet with our lawyers, we'd have these great names, and we had a great team of lawyers working with us, and they would say, No, I'm sorry, can't use that name. So we really wanted to make sure our name stood for who we are. And we came up with Elevance Health, and it really combines two words, elevate and advance. And we talk about elevating whole health and advancing health beyond healthcare. And so we put those two words together to get the elevance. That was a great way for us to go about it because it's not just a name for name's sake, but there's a real story behind that name. So once that work was done, it was really about you know over a year of learning about all the systems and all the different things. It's not as easy as just you know clicking on it, replace and put a new logo on it. And you learn a ton about how complex the operations, but, you know, hats off to the team that worked tirelessly every day to make sure that by June 28th, we launched this brand and uh, it really was a big success for them. So you talked about kind of getting buy-in, right? Which Mm -hmm. is also important, right? This information gets brought to you and then you've got to, you know, sift through and figure out what's what and who's on first. And then you've got to get buy-in from the board and buy-in from the ELT, so take us into that now, kind of double click. What's that like getting buy-in, right? Again, a brand that's a storied historical brand, been around for a while, and you're coming in and saying, hey, we're gonna sh- we'd like to shift some things around, right? So how do you get buy-in from the executive team? How do you get buy-in from the board? Everything in marketing comes down to our insights, right? Our data and our insights. The days of just saying, hey, this is a great idea. You know, not that they is wherever the days are going, right? So everything has to be grounded in research, your strategy, and helping people see the potential. And that's really where we started our conversations. We said, okay, this is what people see the Anthem brand. Again, fantastic brand out there. We still use it, but this is what they see it as. This is who we are as a company. We have an opportunity to be able to change the, the perspective of our organization by really thinking about it from the name. And I, you know, I wouldn't say it was 100%, yeah, Bill Go. Uh, it was, hey, this is a big deal. You're changing the name. Is this the right thing? And so we went and we actually thought about, it's not just about the corporate name. It's also about our brand architecture underneath it. And so when you we brought the two together, we really started to realize this was the right thing to do. And so I had mentioned we have come together through acquisitions over the years. And so we have anywhere, you know, 30 plus brands that sit underneath the at the time, the Anthem name. Well, our goal is to consolidate that down to three. And so wow. we have the Anthem Blue Cross Shield brand. We introduced the WellPoint brand, which is another insurance brand, and then Carillon, which is our services brand. So when you took a, took a step back, you realized, okay, now we have a very clean brand architecture that allows us to talk about who we are. And over all of that, we have Elevance Health. 
and Elevance Health is kind of the, the corporate name, the holding company that allows that to all come together. So going back to your question, tying it all into insights and strategy, and then I think the key thing is the potential of what this could unlock. And so that was where we started to get the buy-in. Uh, obviously got the buy-in from the senior team, we were able to uh, get the support of our board. And then ultimately, because we're a public company, we had to take this to our shareholders. And the shareholders had the vote. And the, one of the things I'm so proud about is that we had over 98% yes votes from our shareholders. Wow. shareholders. Wow. So helping them understand what does this look like? So you get buy-in, we're, we're start, starting to turn, you know, turn the ship and there's going to be some, some massive changes. At that point, are you kind of like, okay, like we got, it's real, but we still don't know. Like, are you, are you feeling confident at that point in the game or <laughs> cause at what point do you start to realize, okay, like this was a good move, right? Cause we don't really know until like, until you start to do it and see some of the impact. Yeah. So after you got the buy-in and you start to move in that direction, how is that feeling for you as the CMO and the marketing leader? And at, the follow-up is at what point did you start to know, okay, we're winning. This was a good move. Yeah, it's it. You know, I'll tell you, there were a lot of sleepless nights. Um, <laughs> you can see the behind me. I have my I have a board, and I had a countdown clock that I would change. It was a very high tech uh, one that I did on PowerPoint. I printed it out each day. It oh was wow! Yeah, the, uh, the ongoing joke with the team of you know Bill's countdown clock. But I had confidence in the strategy. We had confidence from the senior team and the board, and I think that was always something that you wanted to rely on. Probably the places where you lose sleep is just what you don't know through the transition. You know, have we updated every system? Have the emails changed? Are we missing logos? You know, there are thousands of touch points where this new logo needs to show up. And so that's thinking where, okay, on June 28th, that's the day we, we converted June 28th, 2022. What are we going to find out on June 29th that we missed? And so when did we know if we actually got it right? I think it was June 29th. And, and arguably, as we continue to build the brand and get build brand awareness, see our target audience resonating with it, that obviously gives us confidence on there. But the team was completely dedicated and you know we met daily standups to make sure that we weren't missing something. Uh, and we really, uh, they did a great job in making sure that we didn't. And so wow. that was you know, how we were able to deliver that. I love it. And I want to I click into the team a bit later too, because I want to hear about this amazing team that's supporting you know this organization and the ELT and also everyone that's supporting the ELT as well. You talked a little bit about this earlier, and I want to sh- you know touch on this a bit because it seems like for sure healthcare is experiencing this like pretty big paradigm shift towards patient-centered care, right? Mm-hmm. Now you have Elevance Health positioning itself to say, you know, we're about the whole human, right? And mm-hmm. and how does Elevance Health's strategy reflect that shift, right? What are some of the initiatives or some of the things that you started to see moving now Elevance Health towards this new paradigm shift of patient-centered care? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. And that really ties to our, our Carillon business that I had mentioned that we created in this brand architecture. You know, Carillon had um, a numerous number of businesses underneath it and focused on behavioral health, social health, physical, which now bringing it all together allows us to pretty much create an ecosystem around our members. Whereas before it might have been fragmented, now we have the ability to work with our health plan members and be able to create products and services that allow them to have access. It could be virtual care. Uh, different areas that, you know, especially during COVID, making sure that people could still see their doctors or they weren't going outside uh, their four walls. But then what I'd always say is from a healthcare, we know that there's nothing more personal than your health. 
And so being really focused on our consumer and our members, what are the true needs that they need to make sure they're living their healthy lives? That's where all our data comes in and the ability to really help individuals understand how to manage their whole health. It might be providing services to them that they didn't know they have access to. It could be working with their provider, their doctor, to be able to help them understand there's better options for whatever, for treatment, or just making sure that they're living the lives that they want to live. And so the combination of data and insights and the ecosystems that we build with our Caramon business really allow us to be much more personalized and put that patient at the center. On the subject of, of data, and I want to know kind of twofold. The first is like, I'm so curious about when you roll out of bed in the morning as the CMO of, of Elevance Health and its portfolio, what's the data that you're looking at? What are you paying attention to? Because I, I also know that, look, you have experience. Like you were, you've been in the, you know, a marketing manager all the way up at Pepper Ridge Farm. You were also director of marketing at all the way up at Whirlpool. So you've got the ability to roll your sleeves up in a lot of different ways. I also imagine you have a leadership team that also supports you and teams of marketers, you know, supporting them. But what are you paying attention to right now uh, on a regular basis? What are some of these metrics? Have has have you reprioritized things? And yeah, what do you what stories do you allow that to tell you? And yeah, what are you paying attention to when it comes to data at at the size and scale where you sit? What are you looking at? And when do yeah. you dive into things and say, "Oh, I'm seeing a shift. I want to go into that." Yeah, it's it's a great question. And you know, I think to your point, the size of this organization, you know, first and foremost, I think of marketing as a growth market. So in order for us to be a growth partner for the organization, we need to know how the company's doing from a financial basis, how we're operating daily, monthly, quarterly, so that we can help contribute to the growth of the organization. So that is kind of the macro number that we think about. But then you look at it from how does marketing contribute to that? And so we have our campaigns that we're running. We're just about to get into our Medicare uh, annual open enrollment period, which starts on October 15th, which is a really, really big period for us to be able to sell our Medicare Advantage plans. So we're working with the teams to make sure that all of our campaigns are working the way that we expected them to do. What are our CPAs looking like? Do we need to optimize between states? We need to optimize between different plans and making sure that we are maximizing the spend that we've given and given the responsibility to go out and use for the organization to deliver what they expect us to do. We have campaigns running throughout the year, whether it's Medicare or selling plans to our individual members as well. From a business perspective, those are critical. We're making sure that we're optimizing and driving those results. I'd also say kind of going to where the, you know, the name change and the rebranding happens is looking at our awareness of the new name. Because we don't get that daily. We get that on a quarterly basis. But are we moving up with the stakeholders that we want to be moving up with? Uh, if not, do we need to double down and have a new uh, program put in place to help sh- make sure people understand why the need has changed? And so that ability to understand that perception. And then you add in, you know, another part of my job is our corporate communications and our PR. And so each day, every morning I wake up, there's a report of all the media that's been on our organization, digging into it. There might be places where we want to have an additional conversation. Those are key things that I look at each morning because we want to make sure that narrative of what we're t- who we are is being told in the right way. It's out there. Uh, so I mm. kind of look at it in those three, those kind of three big buckets, the financial, the marketing, and then our perception. You've been a marketer for you know, many, many years. You, you have deep experience. As I mentioned, you've been, at, you know, you've been, you've been around the block and you've not only been around the block, 
you know, uh, in the marketing realm, you've, you've worked with some epic brands, you know? And so as you have, you know, risen to, I mean, like the highest height is the chief marketing officer. It's like, there really is another role that you can get to. It's like, you made it as you, as you get to that bill and you, you look to your right and your left at other marketing leaders, you've certainly probably engaged with other CMOs along, along, along the way. And maybe even, even today, are there things that you do that's different than other CMOs? Like, do you see other fortune 50 CMOs going right and you go left? Like, do you zig where they zag? Do you, do you kind of do things a bit differently or do you notice that? Yeah, some CMOs do like the things that they pay attention to, you don't, or maybe vice versa. Give us some of that perspective. Yeah, you know, I think all CMOs right now, we need to continue to convert, like go back to the growth partner. We need to make sure that we're showing the value of marketing to our organization. You know, every dollar is scrutinized. And so we talk about the ROI, we talk about the different investments that we want to make. And so we as a CMO community, I think. I think, I know, we're helping each other grow in terms of what are those conversations that we need to have with our CFO or the other business unit leaders and presidents to make sure that they understand why we need to invest, whether it's investing in a new campaign for Medicare Advantage or, as we discussed, changing the company name. So I don't know if it's about zigging and zagging, but I think we all have different challenges based on the maturity of our organizations. Are you a CPG organization that has just grown up thinking about marketing 24-7? Are you a B2B organization that is, thinks about it more from an account-based marketing perspective? And how do we deliver that? Or are you uh, looking to get into new territories, which we just haven't really used that muscle at this company before? And so that, I think, is where we as a marketing community can come together. And I definitely reach out to my peers for help on ideas of how you set things in it. All marketers need to have that kind of board of directors for themselves to be able to talk to. And then personally, I think, you know, to your point, whether it's Pepper Charm or Whirlpool or Elevance Health, I think it's fun just to have different challenges on different brands and really see where marketing can take each one of those brands. Yeah, because you've got you now have this ex- perspective across different you know different categories, right? And so you haven't stayed you haven't stayed in one one realm the entire time. You've actually gotten exposed. I also find in my experience that the really you know, brilliant and successful kind of executives are those that learn from other industries. Either they go out and, and have the, that dialogue or they come from those various worlds and then they position themselves to see from a bigger picture. And that, that also makes a lot of sense. It also seems, Bill, you know, I've been interviewing CMOs for the past three years. And from my perspective, the way the world is changing is just wild. I mean, the speed, the speed at which and we have AI and all of these things shifting. And it seems like to be relevant as a CMO and certainly as a Fortune 50 CMO, your ability to ride this bull of velocity and change, you have to be good at managing the, the weight, the speed of things. And it's just vast how, you know, I know AI has personally just given me the ability to the job of four or five people. How do you manage the speed and the velocity of the way the world is just changing and people are changing and how they interact with brands is changing and you have to be relevant. You have to be able to stay, you know, at the top of your game. And if I look at your, your background and your, and your tenure, you are doing it. How do you manage it? Because every day the world is changing. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I think first and foremost, it comes down to your team surrounding yourself with great people. Uh, There is no way that any of us can keep up to speed with everything that's happening in this world but I have a fantastic leadership team that works with me each day that 
we all share ideas and we're helping each other grow, whether it's a new idea for Elevance Health or it's something externally that you're seeing. To your point, AI, that is the big topic. It is going to be revolutionary for all of us. It's pretty cool ways. But even if you remember a year or two ago, what were we all talking about? Metaverse, right? And so yep, and yep. Now we don't we don't talk about it that much. Maybe it'll come back as the VR and AR stuff starts to come to, to fruition. But just different ideas and trying to understand what has staying power and what doesn't. And so having that conversation, whether it's with my leadership team, whether I talk about each person should have their own board of directors where they're talking to and just getting their own ideas. And then personally, look, we all have our phones. We wake up each morning. There's usually 25 things on the home screen that's happened overnight. Uh, typically, I, I have some marketing updates that pop up on there and you, you end up reading those to stay up, on, up to speed as well. I can't emphasize enough the power of team and just have surrounding yourself with great people. Oh, look, oh, that's you're leading me right to where I want to go next, which is just around you know building high performing teams and how to attract top talent and in you know your experience. Can you share you know, just your approach and some of the strategies maybe that you know Elevance Health and maybe you yourself use to not only attract amazing people? Because I know having not met anyone else in the organization really beyond you and a couple of folks on the team, I know there are incredible humans there. Mm-hmm. So it tells me Elevance Health is really good, and and you as a leader is really good at, at at retaining, attracting, and retaining really good really good people. Can you share about kind of how your approach to build a high performing team and how do you bring top talent when it's so competitive and the world's changing so much? Yeah, great question. And I kind of look at it in two folds. You know, one, there's the marketing opportunities and the challenges that we all have to grow uh, the organization and grow as ourselves. But then we also talk about purpose. And one of the coolest things about Elevance Health, you know, our purpose is to improve the health of humanity. And so when I'm interviewing individuals, we talk a lot about that purpose. And that's what gets us out of bed every day. And while the purpose is bold and big, you think improving the health of humanity, in healthcare, it starts with one person. And you have the opportunity to come here as a marketer, do everything that you want to do as a marketer. But oh, by the way, you also get to improve lives, which is really neat. And the ability to help people get access to care, to be able to you know, live the life that they want to live, that's, you don't get that that often where you can bring those two together. So you know, my selling proposition to anybody is, hey, you want to join a really great marketing team? This is a great We've got strategic marketers, we've got strategic communication professionals. But if you also, by the way, want to do something that's going to change the world, this is even better. And so come here and do that. And I think that we all take a little bit of a leap of faith. I know I did when you kind of hear that and like, oh, really? I'm going to change the world. And then you get here and you realize and you hear these stories about your members and things that we're able to do as an organization to go out into our communities and actually change people's lives. That's pretty cool. And so I know that's why I'm still here. I think that's why our teams are still here is because you get to do both and we get to do some pretty cool things along the way. Healthcare organizations often, I mean, as you know better than, than most, they often have these kind of multifaceted hierarchies, right? You've got this big brand, there's other brands involved. 
how do you align, you know, the marketing team's goals and strategies with with this broader vision of an executive leadership team, right? How do you align and ensure that all the marketing efforts are really integrated with everything else that's happening and all the, the larger mission and objectives? Because I imagine, like you said, you're not probably going into every meeting. Let's do it, Bill. Let's do it. Let's do it. You're having to really build trust and do it fast and, you know, and bring things across the finish line. Mm -hmm. um, how do you align? Yeah, the marketing team's goals and strategies with this large vision of a company, of a business like Elevance Health. You know, I go back to the line I said that we're growth partners. I think lots of times people can think of marketing, we'll say Marcom. I really don't like that word because yes, we do do Marcom as part of our job, but we do so much more. We are true growth partners to an organization. And so in order to be seen as a growth partner, we as marketers have to earn that seat at the table. And what I'd say, it goes back to the team and having the right people on the, your team to be able to be at that table with the business partners. But then once we there, we're there, we have to align our objectives. So, you know, lots of times we'll talk about our marketing objectives. Those are important, but if they don't drive business outcomes, we have a problem. And I think that's where getting alignment across this matrix organization is that each one of our presidents knows that they have a marketing team that has at the top of their objectives, these same objectives as they do. And then underneath it, we have the drivers that we can influence it. As opposed to, I've seen other marketing organizations where they just focus on the marketing metrics. They talk about their CPAs. They talk about you know what their brand preference is. But unless we connect it back so that the, the business sees how that actually drives the results, we don't get alignment. And so focusing on that, you know, we have structured the marketing team uh, to be aligned to the businesses. They all report up through me as a marketing centralized marketing. But we have three business unit marketing teams: one for commercial one for government, one for our services business. Wow. I mean, you bring it back to growth every time, bringing it back to driving growth. And it's like, I also can think like, how do you prioritize the things that are actually driving growth, right? Because you could argue that maybe lots of things are driving growth. What keeps you, because I, I imagine that like, it could get more and more complex. Like you just keep adding more and more layers of complexity. And it seems like keeping the simplistic through line in, in a big organization and remembering what are the X's and O's, what's actually driving growth? How do you navigate that? Because to me, it's like a land, there's landmines of things that you could argue, no, everything, all this drives growth and, and this is this and this and business case for that and this. Well, how do you distill it all mm -hmm. and say, no, no, this is actually driving the true growth that we're heading for? And how do you, yeah, how do you juggle that? One of the great things I, I love about Elevance Health is that we're really clear on our strategic framework and then the priorities that fall out from under them that cuts across the entire enterprise. And so Gail Boudreau, who's our CEO, we just had our leadership meeting last month where she gets up and obviously talks about our strategic framework and then gets alignment between our four or five key priorities as an organization. That really serves as our North Star and our ability as, as an organization, as a marketing team to then line up all the work that we're going to do. And the key question is, does it support one of those five? If it doesn't, we should have a conversation. If it does, then let's make sure that we're resourcing it the right way. We're holding ourselves accountable and we're delivering against those, those priorities. It really becomes a great framework. I use it in my town halls. And I think one of the big things that we want to do as marketers is make sure that we're helping our teams understand how the work they do ladders up to each one of those priorities. Because lots of times you can look at those big priorities and say, wow, those are big uber priorities. How does that affect my day-to-day -day work? And as leaders, we need to boil that down and say, yes, the work you're doing today helps impact this, which ultimately helps drive one of those key priorities. 
But our team, our internal communications team does a great job reinforcing those priorities every day. And that allows us to be able to make sure we're aligned all that. Can you talk about the culture of the ELT? And and I do specifically want to get into Gail as well, uh, the CEO at Elevance Health, Gail Boudreau. And if, if anyone Googles her, you'll see, I mean, not not arguably, literally ranked as one of the most just powerful executive women uh, in the world. Incredible what Gail's doing there. And so I want to know about working with her. But before you get into that, just talk about the culture of the ELT. And like, because I also imagine that you are all able to move pretty quickly and, and and trust each other and you know knowing what's happening and so yeah i just want to understand the culture of the elt and like what that means to you and like you've been there a while now so yeah give us some insight into that yeah you know you, you mentioned gail gail is a phenomenal leader very inspirational where she wants to take elevance health look at her you know she's been here since 2017 not just the growth that we've done as a from a financial perspective but the impact we've had on members' lives and communities and our transformation to Elevance Health. It starts at the top. You know, we sum up our strategic architecture in a really easy statement, becoming a lifetime trusted health partner. And that line really allows all of us as as the executive team to really think about what are we doing to ensure that we're becoming a lifetime trusted health partner. So the team is set up and we have different business units, but between those business units, you know, we sell products in Medicaid, we sell Medicare, we sell the products that you get from your, your employer, as well as individual products. So we have the opportunity to have a product for you throughout your entire life. And then once you have those products, making sure that the products and services we talked about helping people manage their physical, the behavioral and their social all come together so that we can make sure that people are living their lives. I share that because that's kind of the guiding light and what drives our culture as, as the leadership team. Are we delivering against that? And that's where the conversations are focused on and the, the trade-offs in terms of, okay, does it help us deliver that strategy? Does it help us deliver the purpose? And we have a firm belief that if we do, not only are we going to improve lives, but we'll also deliver on our commitments that we have to Wall Street, to other stakeholders that are out there. Wow. Yeah. It's just a testament. I mean, like I look at when I look at the growth and I see the growth of an organization, it's a testament to the speed of trust at the ELT level and the clarity of purpose that they have. I mean, without even going deep into the organization, I can tell, like look at the scoreboard that there's a, there's a lot of moving parts and pieces, but there's just overwhelmingly like this leadership team is, is, is moving in a, in a really positive direction. It's amazing. I want to ask about the kind of innovation as it connects to, you know, regulatory rigor, if you will, because, you know, healthcare healthcare landscape is, there's a lot of and compliance and, and regulation, but you also have to facilitate innovation, mm-hmm. right? And you have, so I'm just curious about, and if you have examples of kind of innovative marketing initiatives that, you know, really help to navigate these regulatory challenges in, in, a, in an industry that Elevance Health is serving. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you're right. This is a very heavily regulated industry. And so, you know, first and foremost, privacy, complying with all the HIPAA laws, those are paramount for us to make sure that everything we do is in compliance and making sure that we deliver, you know, our marketing objectives, our business objectives, but also in the way that we need to, to be compliant with everything we focus on. But, uh, you know, an example that I'll give you, and I've mentioned that we do a lot of business in Medicaid, is that every year, uh, if you're on Medicaid, the state will go and make sure that you're still eligible for Prior to COVID, this happened uh, on a frequent basis. Once the public health emergency was set, the redetermination process was stopped. And so, you know, for over two years, you didn't have that process happening. 
And then the states have now started that new process on, uh, on April 1st of this year. Well, you can imagine if you haven't been thinking about your health care uh, because you've had it, it's out there, and then you hear on April 1st, there's a chance you might lose it or keep it depending on your status. Um, that's a pretty scary time period. And so we as Elevance Health have the opportunity and what we're doing right now is working with those individuals to help them understand, are they still eligible? If they're not, they're having access to our individual plans, that, you know, affordable individual plans that they can purchase. Or if they're working with their employer, they already they have a job, you know, getting access through their employers. Our goal is to make sure that nobody goes uninsured. And so the innovation that we've driven as a, as a marketing team and in partnership with our innovation team is really what we're a digital decision support tool. We've gone out and we've patented and you know it's it's called My Health Benefit Finder. And so we drive our marketing campaigns to this uh, site where you can go in and answer a certain number of questions to help you understand where are you in this kind of eligibility process and then making sure we're partnering with our states and, and allowing those individuals that work with the states to get access to Medicaid if they still have access or if not, here are all these other options for you to have access to. And so that's really where I go back to that, where I talk about we wake up every day and you have the opportunity to impact someone's life. You know, waking up and realizing you might not have health insurance is scary. Knowing that Elevance Health is there to be able to provide you access to different plans is what, you know, we get the opportunity to do and hopefully help someone's, you know, individually or as a family get the access to care that they need. What about just challenges? Like, what are some of the things as you kind of, you know, look out into the maybe short or midterm or long-term horizon? Like, what are some of these big challenges that you are having to solve now, right? We have uh, the market changes. You, of course, got to look at ROI and the future of marketing is, is shifting and there's lots of variables to consider. But what are some of the challenges that you're facing right now as a CMO of a Fortune 22 business? I think one of the interesting things from a challenge perspective is as we think about the shifting demographics, especially as it relates to healthcare, you know, there's a big population that's going into Medicare Advantage right now. But as you look at the demographics, that will slow down a little bit over time. And so making sure that we as marketers are not allowing that to impact our results, but making sure that we're thinking about, okay, how do we get our fair share as we think about it from a Medicare perspective? Also, the changing dynamic in the commercial business, which is the products that we sell from our employers. You know, there's a lot of people who are out in the gig economy. And you know, what does that look like? Are you still going to get your insurance from your employer or do you end up buying uh, some type of individual plan that's out there? And so I think it's changing. It's thinking about the dynamics of health insurance, obviously the regulatory environment that's out there. And then as a marketer, how do you help the company navigate that and go back to growth or even retention and make sure that we're keeping our members so that we can continue to grow? Wow. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, you, you have, you know, generational marketing, you've got to, you have these, you know, you have to have marketing strategies that are catering to these distinct preferences. You've got, you know, Gen Z and millennials and certainly the boomers and you, you know, just, and then you have to have inclusive marketing too, where you need to make sure that your, your campaigns are inclusive and they resonate right with the, this increasingly diverse demographic landscape. So it just seems like a lot going on. I am curious about the balance of like local and kind of global strategies. Like how do you balance like the large macro strategy with these like localized approaches to kind of address specific needs that are in these certain cities and areas where you're serving a, a, a huge, you know, portion. How do you balance that? Like the big, the macro, and then like these lo local strategies. You know, from a, a local perspective, healthcare is local. 
you know, it's it's the doctor that you see, it's the environment. We talk about the social impact of uh, that that can have on your health, all different aspects of it. And so we think from a local perspective and our opportunity to be able to market to our individuals. And that might not just be selling new plans. That's about helping folks understand how to use their benefits, how to get access to care, how to get access to nutritious food. And so making sure it's personalized and that it feels like it's you know, a one-to-one conversation is critical for us to make sure that our members feel that we understand them. But that all kind of ladders up to our global strategies that we start, that we build as a marketing leadership team to try and understand, okay, how do we, if we're going into a new selling season for our commercial plan or we're going into the Medicare enrollment, uh, open enrollment period, how do we set our strategies from our investment perspective and then work with each one of our local teams to go out and do what I just said, to work on the ground, to help people have access to care, to help people understand the plans that they're focused on. And so it's a combination of that low-level data that we have, the street-level data, even the personal-level data, and then ultimately up to kind of our our global strategies that we'll invest in and talk about as a marketing leadership team each week. So looking out into the future, considering, you know, all these changes that have happened with Elevance Health and the portfolio of companies and all the things happening, what's on the horizon? Tell us kind of what your what, what flags have you planted in the ground? Where are you headed? Where is this amazing brand headed? It's exciting, you know, when I think about the future. We're a year and a half into Elevance Health as our holding company. And we are actually only in the first year uh, of our new brand architecture as we're rolling that out. And so we introduced Carillon last year. We're actually in the process of migrating most of our brands with the uh, under the WellPoint brand, uh, obviously with the exception of Anthem Blue Cross Shield, which is a key brand for us in many markets. And so allowing our company to maximize this brand architecture to drive growth is what's really exciting. You know, we can now go out and have a conversation with whoever that may be and explain that our organization is really focused on two really important areas, health benefits, our insurance with Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield and WellPoint and our health services business. And so allowing that to now become a business enabler for us is what's really, really exciting. And so, you know, the final part of our brand transitions will happen in 2024. Once that's done, it's really about unlocking the true potential. Absolutely amazing. Well, I love it. Let's get into some fun questions. I know that our audience and certainly some of the execs on our team are curious about about this. So we'll get into some fun ones here. The, the first one is, which brand outside of your industry inspires you the most in terms of their marketing strategies? And then what do you love about what do you love about them and from their playbook? I think one of the brands that I always admire, I, I'm a big fan of cars. And I look at how you know, Cadillac has continually just reinvented themselves over the years. Uh, you think about it. I remember my grandfather who drove a Cadillac and it's that big boat. And maybe it was just my memories of being with him. And you think about how they have transformed the brand, whether it's from a product perspective, from a branding perspective, they continue to be relevant uh, and bring in new users. And so I think that's what's so critical as marketers is that you, you have great brands, but if you're not always thinking about the consumer and how you stay relevant, delivering new product features, delivering new insights, uh, you might wake up and realize, okay, you know, maybe I'm an Oldsmobile. You don't want to do that. Right? I think it's a pretty mm-hmm. fun brand out there. Okay. If you could take your current marketing knowledge and perspective and experience back in time, what advice would you give to the younger Bill Beck at the start of your career? So my mom gave me this boat uh, when I graduated. Uh, for those on the podcast, it's a sailboat that I could take at my desk. It's gone through me every single uh, company that I've worked with. 
And in it, she wrote on the card, and it's a quote from Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, discover. And while it may seem that I've done a lot of that over my time, I actually, when I look back, I think there's probably even things that I could have done. Um, And so I think it's just a matter of don't be afraid. You go out there, take chances, do some pretty cool things, and just continue to discover and see what's out there. I love that. Great quote. One of my favorites too. Shout out to Mom (laughs) Beck. I like it. If you could collaborate with any anyone, historical or, or contemporary, on a marketing campaign, who would it be and why? I think it would be fascinating to work with Albert Einstein. I think just his view of the world, I can only imagine what he would do playing with AI, playing with all this data. I mean, what would he be able to uncover? I think it would be fascinating. I love it. Okay. Two more, and then we can wrap. The One is, if you could just think of like the one skill that you've been able to cultivate that really, you know, gives you an ability to be where you are. What skill is that? What do you think you've been able to really get good at? I've heard lots of various things from executives, but I'm curious about you, Bill, and what what do you think you've really paid attention to and really sharpened over the years that's in your tool belt? Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about the power of the team and having the opportunity to work with a great team, build a great team, interact with them, do things that you never thought possible. You know, that's something I, I was a rower when I grew up and you always learn the power of the team. You're only as strong as your biggest rower. And that's always stayed with me in the sense of having that ability to put teams together. When we do that, you're going to do amazing things. I love it. Okay. And the last one would be if you could put a billboard around the whole world, what would be on the billboard? Take time to listen. I love it. Fantastic. Well, Bill, this has been an exceptional conversation. I know I speak for myself and the whole mission squad, how honored we are to have you in our midst today. Super excited about where you've been and and more importantly, like where you and the Elevance Health team is going. Such an honor. Thank you for being here, sir. We really enjoyed this one. Oh, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Hey, it's Jeremy. Before we get back to this incredible Marketing Trends interview, I just wanted to let you know that roughly 70,000 people are listening to this show just like you, and millions more are seeing the episode link in their social media feeds. That doesn't even account for the 22,000 plus subscribers who will have this episode sent right to their inboxes and mobile devices. If you're interested in having your company's logo and advertising appear in front of a captive and growing audience, reach out to infoatmission.org to see how you can sponsor the show connecting your brand to millions of people and the world's finest marketing minds.